Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 189. What is happening? It's Monday night and there's a new podcast. I know. Today is August 31st. And listen, those of you in the New York area, you need to go see this play, Sense of an Ending. It's by Ken Urban, who also wrote The Awake. Listen how insistent and excited and serious I am about this. Go see this play. It was directed by Adam Fitzgerald, who you'll hear from next. This is the last week that it's showing. It's really fantastic. That's why I'm doing an extra podcast this week. I want to tell you about this play, and I want you guys to have a chance to see it. It's in a really small theater, uh, 59 East 9. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I'm holding in my hand this amazing program. (laughs) Okay, the program is just a program. I mean, it's nice and everything. But um, yeah, so I wanted to get Adam on the show to... uh, talk about this. So that's what we're doing. We will still have a podcast as expected on Thursday featuring an interview slash conversation with Robin Fetter, the real vegan housewife. But for now, listen to this song (laughs) by Olafur Arnold's. Uh, You know, I realize I never play his songs, even though he's probably my favorite composer slash recording artist right now, because all the names of his songs are in Icelandic and I don't know how to say them. I should get Ben Strothman from Big Fat Vegan Radio slash Honey LeBronx, the vegan drag queen to say these names for me. Maybe I'll do that next time. Anyway, here's a song from Oliver Arnold's and then we'll have a somewhat awkwardly beginning conversation with Adam. I'm sure you can keep up. Thanks for listening.
I am talking with Adam Fitzgerald, who is, this camera thing is going to make me crazy. No, it's okay. Well, I'm gonna, do you no, want to turn the cameras off? We can do it. No, let's leave them on. I want to actually, you're a good person for me to practice <laughs> just doing it and oh not my God. being a weirdo. I love that we're recording right now. We're like, let's practice your insecurities. Um, I am having some feelings, so I, I'm going to I think all of those, those feelings need to go into the podcast. <laughs> you know what? I think we should actually, I'm going to use part of what we just did, and we're just going to continue now as if this is it, and it is. Right. Fabulous. So, so this person that I'm talking to, this is much better. This person I'm talking to is Adam Fitzgerald, who is the artistic director of Kef Theatrical Productions, um, an amazing director. And my friend, and also we've worked together. You directed my show. I uh, did. We worked. We did a show at Dixon Place. Yeah, I think that was actually the highlight of your career, if I remember. It correctly. certainly <laughs> was. It was. It was the pinnacle, and now it's all going down. But I mean, I'm glad you're still doing something. <laughs> I soldiered on. I really did. I love it. Um, so. This play, I just saw it. It's a Ken Urban play. Um, and I love that you said, I don't remember if you said this before, the part that I'm going to leave in that I wasn't originally going to leave in. This is all like folding in on itself already. It's really amazing. It's it's really <laughs> crashing and burning in, in such a short amount of time. <laughs> I thought it was actually kind of great what just happened. Oh, uh, so <laughs> Ken Urban, he's one of the, like, I love his plays. This is only the second one I've seen. Um, and I walk away feeling like I've just seen something amazing and also like, ah, what? <laughs> In a great way. So yeah. what, do you want to give like a synopsis of the play? Do you feel like that's a good place to start? Sure, absolutely. I mean, everyone walks away from Ken Urban plays being like, he is much more intelligent than me. That's how I feel every <laughs> time I talk to him. So it's, it's, a, it's a fair feeling to walk Yeah, away. but it's like... Uh, but I also follow. It's an interesting balance of like, here's something you may not have thought about. And here's, I, he presents it all in a way of like opening, like I felt like mind opened, but mm. also like what I, now I have some learning to do. Right. Great, right? <laughs> that is the best response to all of my work ever. Right. Yeah. There. Like that's, that's hopefully, you know, that's why I do this stuff. Like I have some learning to do. It's a great, great thing to walk away with. And that's kind of a goal. Like, I, I feel like that's my goal as far as doing any kind of work, like just sort of presenting our imperfection and our, like need, like our, our lack of knowing. Yes. Yes. I'm not necessarily here to teach you anything, but if you are inspired to go learn more after you've seen something I've worked on, like that's, that's enough to keep doing it. It's yeah. brilliant. All right. Uh, but anyway, the, the play is, um, it's, it's, uh, inspired by true events. Um, after the genocide in Rwanda in 1994, there were two nuns, uh, that were accused of war crimes and tried in a Belgian court. Um, and it was big sort of international, Hoopla, and Ken went and um, sort of became fascinated by this event uh, for a number of reasons. And the nuns in the real, um, sort of in the real event, were were seemingly, from media reports, very obviously guilty, um, which doesn't make for terribly interesting theater. So Ken uh, created a fictional piece of theater inspired by these events. So the, the play is about two nuns, also accused of war crimes for being complicit, complicit in a uh, massacre in a church 
in Rwanda. Um, but the play is about like, where is the line um, between sort of not doing anything and being guilty? And those questions of complicity and guilt and turning the other way and uh, racial hatred. And also about, you know, the play is ultimately about forgiveness. And in the face of great atrocity, can you forgive and move on? And that's what I think I appreciate about the message of the play that what the message wasn't you should forgive to me like I, I walked away feeling like oh can I like it, it really that, that I mean it 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 inspired me to ask myself the question like in this because I like to think of things very black and white and you know me so you know that that's true with like <laughs> a lot of things um but it it makes you realize like oh like there's so many things like i would love to say like war and violence is bad like no matter what but there's some shit going on you know like yeah i mean that's the the thing that drew me to this play is like we as americans and particularly in terms of how our media operates we love to look at other places in the world and and impose our ethical scale on that we like to look over there and say, that thing is bad. Those people are bad. Those people are good. Decision made. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at it from almost always, you know, very little knowledge, first of all. But more importantly, we're not looking at it from the point of view of those people. Wherever we're looking, we're, we're imposing an American ideology and point of view on issues elsewhere in the world. And what this play does is it... it tries to make us go from the inside and say like you can't sit there and look at somewhere else in the world and decide what other people should or shouldn't do you know it's it's very sort of western to just take on our values and impose them elsewhere but without consideration for the cultural and historical and all of that of of other places in the world and that's sort of why i love this play is it takes an American journalist and brings him to Rwanda and he starts to fail because he's gone in with a predetermined idea of what things are and what is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like I was thinking, um, yes. <laughs> I know I always default to like gayness. Oh, wow. That was deep. <laughs> I got to say yes to that. Listen, we could be gay and deep and sexual and crazy all it's at amazing. once. It's beautiful. Like when I, when I think about how I perceive right and wrong in a global sense, I have a tendency to just imagine that, oh, those like in that country, they must be doing exactly what I do every day, but they're also having a war or they're also, you know, mm. but that's not true. Like I, I don't, and this may be me, and I may be revealing like especially idiotic <laughs> sort of beliefs. But and I get that it's not real. But in my mind, before I think about it, I'm like, well, just don't have a war. Like, just don't don't kill those people, right? <laughs> because I'm not killing anybody, and I'm doing just fine. Like, right? There's yeah. more to the picture. <laughs> yeah, it is hard because I, you know, I'm right there with you. I am a pacifist. I don't think. I think this myth that war has ever solved ever, anything, and particularly now when you know war is uh, insane and and technological and chemical, like it doesn't. I am very much of the belief that war is war is bad. You know, like that's yeah. that's a pretty basic for me. But at the same time, you know, to grow up in 
privilege and to sit inside our lives that like we don't have ancient cultural struggles we don't have day-to-day attacks from rebels we don't you know we just don't experience those things so it's it's impossible for us to sort of decide what is okay without going inside somebody else's experience yeah it's interesting i have a piano student i teach his kids and i just started teaching this the the dad of these two kids and we had this conversation about like sleep having sleep issues and Ooh. and my i'm like oh i always just wake up early and so it's like yeah i have sleep problems too and he was talking about it and then he's like well i had some traumatic experiences as a child and i was like oh really what happened he's like oh i grew up in beirut like in a war zone Oh, okay. So yeah, that's traumatic. Like you know, like it's suddenly like, like shifted everything. I'm a homosexual. Um, yeah, I mean, and you that know, was kind of rough in the seventies. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, it was just like a real, like a really eye-opening thing for me recently. It's just yeah. Like, oh yeah, well, that's like you know, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And that's the thing that sort of I think globally we have to stop doing is what we want to do is say. Uh, we want to find something in someone's experience, relate it to our own, and then claim to understand it. And, you know, we don't. Like, you you don't. Like, we need to listen more. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this play is about Rwanda, but I don't really think it's about Rwanda. I think it's about all of it. I think it's about Black Lives Matter and the fact that, like, white people are constantly, we are constantly telling the black community, how they should protest and Mm -hmm. whether they're being overreactive and making sure that they know we're not racist, but we're not listening to what Mm -hmm. somebody else's experience is and going, okay, why don't you tell me how you feel instead of me telling you how you should act? Mm. Yeah. It gets me a little riled up clearly. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a, like, it's a good thing to get riled up about, right? Yeah. because someone's got to get riled up about it besides the people it's happening to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's when things are changing. Yeah. Uh, so the play, let's go back to like details. It's at uh, 59. It's called 59 East 59, right? It is. And it's also the address. That is great. The way they built that in like, that. yeah, it's really, it's smart marketing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and is it am i right that it's just one more week this is the it final is. week we run through september 6th we have six performances left uh tuesday to saturday evenings and then a matinee on sunday and it's a small intimate space which it is for, it's about 60 seats and uh which is great when everyone's behaving <laughs> <laughs> uh but like the cast is so good i loved it i really love look I just raised my fist. Sadly, this isn't a video podcast. No, but, you know, I, I re- saw it because we're yeah. on Skype now. So. Yeah, well, that's all that matters. <laughs> I win, really. Yeah, so you should go see this play. Um, oh, I wanted to throw in, and I didn't notice this, or I noticed it and forgot, about the sound design is by, I can't remember his name. What's the sound designer's name? Christian Fredrickson. Um, who is a founding member of Rachel's, this band that I really like. Christian who, is, he is amazing. He is yeah. uh he is a genius. He did the sound for the awake. Um, and you know, I, I begged him to come back for this. He just had a second baby, like, I don't know, nine minutes before we started rehearsal. And, and I 
begged and pleaded for him to come back. And his stuff is, uh, it's just astounding. Like his, yeah. he's a composer, he's a musician, he's a sound designer. And, uh, I, I cannot go on enough about how awesome he is. Yeah, there was some great, like the sound, the way this may be too geeky for this podcast, but it's happening. <laughs> Go for it. Geek out. The, like, so the way the sound really blended with what was happening on stage, like lighting cues shifting with those like, whoop, like, but not like that could be so corny. And it's really everything was so blended and like, ah, oh, nice. It's great. Yeah, Christian really like I, he he makes everything better. Like he just makes the storytelling better. He yeah. makes acting better. He makes the design of the lighting and the sets better. He really like, he knows how to put sound design into a show and make it, make the show whole. It's really, I love him. Yeah. I love everyone who worked on the show. They're all amazing people. The cast yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm getting, I'm verklempt. Thinking about how great, like, but you can tell with within the show that everything, everyone was on the same page, and and I don't know, there was just a spirit of the, everyone really wanted that story to be told. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're doing small theater in New York City in a three week run, and you know, nobody's even making enough to pay their rent, you know, <laughs> on this show, and and so everybody involved, you know, read the script and committed to telling this story and it wasn't you know none of us are doing it for money because there's almost no money (laughs) Um, you know and everyone everyone who was on this project is on this project because they loved it and that spirit was there from the very beginning these people were amazing amazing well great everyone should go see this play i'm gonna put this podcast up today monday august 31st so you have a couple days to get your shit together and go see this play. Seriously, pull it together. Oh. Come on, people. What the fuck come is on, wrong with you? Honestly. Oh, I love podcasts. We could say fuck. Yeah, you could say all of the words. All. Well, all I won't them. say the C word. That's too much for podcast, even. Yeah, I almost said it too, but I, I even... I'm. I, have I ever said it on this podcast? I don't know. Say it now. Do it. Do it. Uh, the C word? Yeah. Chocolate? Dirty. No, I can't say it. Now that we've made an issue out of it, I can't do it. Okay. I next think it's time. okay. It's a it's a teaser for the next episode. Maybe next. I'll say it next time. Maybe I'll open with it. Yeah. Maybe I'll change the name. Cuntcast. <laughs> there, there I said it. it I knew I could pressure you into it. I love it. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Of course, Michael Heron. I adore you. And I you. Lovely. (laughs) Lovely. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Sounds good.
That's Rachel's with Water from the Same Source from their 2003 album, Systems and Layers. I sure wish I had looked up this. Oh, you know, I could. Oh, Christian Fredrickson, who you heard tell of. You heard tell of during that podcast just then. Uh, he is one of the founding members of Rachel's, who you've heard on this podcast before. And, uh, well, you're hearing him again. That's, uh, I already said everything I needed to tell you about that. So, uh, please, if you're in the New York area, go check out the show. Uh, once again, it's called Sense of an Ending at 59 East 59. I'll put all the information at MikeyPod.com so you can uh, find ticket info and all that type of thing. Uh, please go see it. And that is all. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on Thursday with uh, Robin Fetter, the real vegan housewife. Not the uh, inauthentic vegan housewife. The real one. <laughs>